what's the hardest project you've ever had to mic up or do the sound for? Um, I think one of the hardest ones for me, that was actually, um, for me, was the guy um, who was the guitarist and songwriter in The Stranglers, whose name, again, Hugh? escapes me. Hugh Cornwall. Hugh Cornwall. Cornwall, yeah. And it was just a nightmare. <laughs> the whole day, I was so looking forward to it, and I don't know whether it was him, whether it was just stage fright or, or with him or what, I don't know, but, oh, it was... I couldn't wait for him to go at the end of the day. The gig went well, <laughs> um, but, oh, I just put so many things in this, that, you want this, I'm just pulling my hair out trying to think, how am I going to get there? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? You know, yeah. <laughs> and you think, no, I just, uh, I really didn't do it for gigs like that, you know. <laughs> no, that's the thing as well, but, uh, because, I mean, if they've been international artists, then they're probably used to people being able to, they can have anything they want. I mean, they can yeah, have a green salad right. yeah, 10 minutes yeah. before they go on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're saying to the likes of yourself, I want this, 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 and this, and you're thinking, look, mate, this ain't Abbey Road. Hmm. You know, I'm good at what I do, but this, I can't. So you have to find a way. That was a tough one for you. What, was it just him or was it the, the No, band? the band was there, but it was mainly him. He was uh, very demanding. Um, I remember we put um, uh, Carl Palmer down there on one show. And uh, the week before, we'd had a Genesis tribute in there. And they had their own lighting rig and everything. Okay. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And the two guys who owned the lighting rig come up to us after the show and said, look, we see you got Carl Palmer here. Um, we'd really like to come in and light the show for you. We don't want no money for it. We'll just do it. Just put it on our CV. I said, well, if you don't mind, that'd be fabulous. Yeah. You know? and well, they come in and uh, on the, the first thing on the morning of uh, the Carl Palmer show and they put all the gear in and everything. And uh, the, uh, it looked absolutely fabulous, the whole thing, you know. And then about half past three, Carl Palmer walked in with his band. He said, "Look, man, I said, oh, not a bad little venue, but I don't need none of that. He said, I just want one white spotlight on me. He said, I'm the superstar here. And I went, Whoops, oh dear. And they had to take it down. Oh, and it was awful. I just felt so bad. And I didn't, you know. It was nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with me. You know, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Did you ever deal with riders at uh, Rigo? Um, you know, you know what I mean. By little, that. yeah, little, little, nothing, nothing major. We never no, had the money to no. sort of go into silly riders and this sort of thing. You well, know, no. uh, might be the odd plate of sandwiches and a few beers, but that's that'd be tea that'd be our limit, really. Yeah. Stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I was the first one in wall to wall to put tea making facilities. That was I was trying to think yeah, of wall, I mean, to, you're wall, wall was, to wall. That yeah, was it because I played there. I played there. Uh, so you were playing bass. Uh, no, I played bass for one night in uh, 1993. I don't know whether you... Were you part of it at that point? Mm, 93? Possibly it might have been. 93, around. 94, I got involved. Yeah, I played, I think, for one night. And, and um, it was like a thrown-together thing. And, and yeah. Just, yeah. It's not, not one of my proudest moments. Wall to Wall came back about three years afterwards. We came down one night to watch it. Because Riga was always a place, um, and I don't say it because you hear it, it's because it's true, that we wanted to play. Mm. And everybody of, of our level... Had, so the room had a really good... The room did have a really good sound. Yeah, it did, yeah. You know, and... Um, and we enhanced that uh, as as we were able to get the brewery to spend a bit of money, you know. And we, we and you know we built me and little Steve and others. We we built the stage and they just generally, you know. Yeah, it was a great. My electrical knowledge and and you know, sort of brute force and ignorance sometimes, yeah. but uh, you know. It was one of those where people would say, "Have you played Riga yet?" No, 
hey, you want to try and get into there? I know Doug or I know Dave or yeah. Steve. I'll try mm. and get you in there. And I, I don't mm. know whether we just rang and just said, can you give us a gig? And we came and did it. But um, that was a first, that, so that's 90, that would have been about 95, 96. Yeah, yeah. So we played there, and then from there, um, Colour Kinesis 2004, that's five, right, yeah. somewhere like yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. Have you, been, have you ever been tempted to play or anything, or are you just no, not? Not really, no. no you never had never, time to commit to it? Never. That, that's probably more the case. You never had the time to really commit to it, you know, um, just doing other things. The DJing is something that I've always really enjoyed, you know, doing, uh, you know, I've actually landed one for this, this year for New Year's Eve I'm doing with another DJ. That's great. Just putting the equipment in at... Um, I say I'd like to get back involved with the with the radio stuff again. I done, mm. I done two thousand nine two was it ninety nine to two thousand and four. I think it was. I done doing when Caroline was one of the sort of fledgling mm. um, broadcasting on Sky. Yeah, and. Uh, that all came from a station called uh, European Classic Rock, and it moved. We were able to take a little bit of their airtime because they were f finding things a bit hard financially, mm -hmm. and um, it sort of snowballed from there. And then we uh, we sort of jumped on the bandwagon of internet radio, which, thankfully for us, um, the the PM could see he had the foresight to think this is the way this is going to go. Mm. You know, this is the way we're going to be broadcasting in years to come, and and pushed to get us to move forward into that and it's well say we're now back on medium wave we're yeah. around the world on the internet because you DAB they, they were the pirates mate weren't they originally yeah we've still got the ship the ship's yeah, moored out yeah, in the black water pirate, that's why they call it pirate radio isn't it yeah. the pirate radio was Caroline and uh, that's right yeah so how did you get involved with Caroline? Obviously, I'd say probably a massive thing for you to, to get involved with because you'd have known the history of Caroline. oh yeah, well, I, Everybody. I used to listen to it back in the in the 70s uh, up until when the, the Ross, until when the Mi Amigo sank in 1980, and then I was, um, I went down when she was when the Ross Revenge was moored on the end of the pier, in uh, 1999. Okay. And that's where I got to meet a lot of the DJs and whatever. And I got very pally with one of the guys there, Barry James, and um, we're still, I still go up and see him. I just done work, funny enough, last last month went up and took my little desk, which I showed you. Hmm. In the picture there, I took that up to him and I installed that at his studio um, at home and took his one out and took that in to get it repaired. Overhauled, it just needed a major overhaul and uh, refurbishment and uh, been back up there since and put it all back in and done some other repairs and right. what have you. But um, yeah, it's, uh, most nice. of the guys all broadcast from, like, like yourself, you know, get around a little studio and yeah. whatever, you know. Nice for you though. Oh, as much love as, it, yeah. Because there's no, I mean, you know as well as I do, a lot of the mainstream... Um, radio station has got a playlist of about 18 songs Yeah, and you say oh well that new song's coming up and you think I've heard it 20 minutes ago I'll be hearing it again later because the record mm. companies are all trying to do this And but with Caroline it seemed to just be you could play pretty much what you want you get a pretty free hand you yeah. know there is a there is a playlist as such um, there's a guideline yeah there's a guideline and that's that's all it is it's a guideline you know the um yeah, there are certain things you got to do. You got to do the top station ID, top of the hour. Yeah, of course. And yeah. nowadays, you know, we have got a few adverts which we have to do. We've got to pay the bills, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but um, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's good. You know, it's it's. I still get a real buzz out of even just listening to Radio Caroline. Because you'd be I, listening to music anyway. 
right? And it's all the sort of genre and yeah, that and, I really able, like. and even the new it. stuff that's coming through. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a very good um, guy in the studio at Strood that edits and looks at the music, uh, what's coming through, and uh, picks out you know, the good stuff, if you like, you know, the, the stuff. And uh, But it's primarily Caroline on the main, is an album service. So it is... It's an album station. We don't yeah. necessarily go for the singles. It's, uh, but then we've got there's a Caroline flashback, which is a, a, a basically a gold station, mm. which a lot of the guys do. And uh, that's again, there's some really good presenters on there, and some really finely crafted shows that come out of that. Yeah, no, yeah. great. I mean, my yeah. my um, um, in-laws mm. were massive fans of Caroline. Yeah. Still are. Always listen to them all yeah. the time. Yeah. And when we played Riga a few times, Shirley said to me. Riga Steve, he's on Caroline. I said, is he? Yeah, he's new yeah. Caroline. So I <laughs> yeah. said, is he? I have to ask him about that. But I didn't know it was going to take like 15 years to ask him about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's nice for you to do because obviously the history of it and for you to be involved with it. Oh, yeah. Are you yeah. still involved with it, mate? I still keep me handy. You know, I went out to the ship earlier this year. Um, had a day trip out to the ship and met up with a lot of the guys. And, um, the, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I still like to keep in touch. I still keep in touch with, say, me mate Barry James and a few of the other, I'll go to a few of the meetings and, and what have you. And it's, uh, yeah, it's good, uh, it's good fun. Yeah. It's still, it's still, I still get a good buzz out of it. And it's, no, uh, you should though. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good, it's good fun to do. I mean, I, I like to do this because it's, it's different. It enables me to, it takes me away from the obvious stuff. Mm. Which is, you know, strumming a guitar, trying to write a song, playing a band, rehearsing and stuff like this. And with things like this, I'm thinking, no, people like Steve, people like uh, well, Phil, Phil Bedette, Steve Hooker, these people who came yeah, before yeah. me. I want to hear their stories. You mm. know, it'd be nice to have Mick Jagger in here and to talk about that. Yeah, if I ever get yeah. to that level, Steve, I'll give you a <laughs> but, um But, you know, tell, people tell you stories about being in limos and private jets and whatever, but I like I love the stories of people who turn up in their mobile home and they've got everything. Mm. I remember Glenn mm. Tilbrook having his, like, uh, it was like one of those big... Um, oh yeah, the Winnie Winnebago. Yeah. Winnebago, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Winnebago track. with a trailer. Everything, yeah. Because <laughs> they got they got down to the club. <laughs> that wasn't a big car park. Either, we had to it? we had to unhook the trailer before we could reverse the reverse <laughs> the Winnebago into the car park. <laughs> I think the biggest one was we put Nazareth on down there, oh, and they turned up with an Astromega double decker bus, Ooh. which was a sleeper, and the publican went bananas at me because I had to plug it in, and. Once the driver got, Fred said, well, you can't leave it there. The driver said, well, sorry, I can't move it now. I've run out of driving time. Oh, <laughs> and then of course. sitting in the middle of the car park and I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I thought, no, I don't believe it. But they, that would yeah, be nice to have a Nazareth down there. Like, that would have been a great... That was, that was quite a coup, yeah. Yeah, yeah it would have been Yeah, good. with Dan McCafferty and uh, what have you. It's very... Uh, that was sort of more or less, the, I think, the last the last but one tour, I think, that Dan McCafferty done before he retired. But, they, um, but yeah, that was that was quite a, quite a gig. It's a great thing about about doing what you do and doing what I do is because we do it we appreciate it so much more so when you get a band like that you stand there and you, you not only do you sort of enjoy the show but you think yeah you know it's like I mean I remember seeing Quo at the um, at the cliffs mm. and I remember thinking I've stood at the back I never got to meet them but I remember standing at the back thinking they open Live Aid and I'm in a room with them yeah 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 do you yeah. know what I mean well funny enough I've been to a few gigs at the Cliffs Pavilion over the years and uh, the that particular week that you were saying that when I, I went to see uh, on the Monday, we went uh, we went up to the cliffs and we saw Deep Purple, and it was the last tour that John Lord done yeah, with them. So and uh, also it had um, 
it was the only the only reason that Steve Morse agreed to do guitar, play guitar on the tour with them was if uh, um, Ian Gillan would do Child in Time. <laughs> okay. Because it's a real killer yeah, vocally yeah, for yeah. him, and uh, but uh, that was the probably for a rock band that was probably the best sound I think I've ever heard. Mm. In in the Chris Pavilion, it was a superb, superb. It's always sound. a good sound. Three late, three nights later, I went up there and saw Status Quo, and the sound was absolutely appalling. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible, and we were all looking like, really? Yeah. It, it just we couldn't believe how <laughs> it could be so different between there and there. You know, yeah. it was just awful. I mean, I always tell the story about I saw Brian Adams a couple of years ago, but I always remember I would tell the story, and people ask me about what I do. I saw Brian Adams in 1999 and I'd wanted to see him for years mm. and it was the tour where he played bass and he had one guitar it was like a three piece and I stood there and I thought empty as hell nothing there no no power no kick no nothing mm. and, and I'm looking and then I start getting in the ump with like all the other 12,000 yeah. people around me how can you enjoy this yeah. when it's as empty as hell <laughs> yeah, the sound is and then yeah. he, he stood on one acoustic and did everything I do and I went that's the best thing I've ever seen and people were going off to get burgers because because they didn't understand it so when yeah. you do this job you like you get immersed in that's you right. really yeah. appreciate the, the performance because hmm. when we saw I remember seeing one of the things that stands out for me about Glenn Tilbrook on that night was um, I think it was you or Dave told me the story that there was a problem with a monitor or something and he just unplugged the acoustic and walked around the audience. Do you remember That's that? That's right, yeah. Again, that, yeah. He was doing Good Night Girl. Yeah. And he said, I'll come out there and, he, and there was a he problem. Got up on the bar. That's right, yeah. And he just, because, and you look at that and you think, that's in the moment. He wouldn't do that every night. And that's where you know you're dealing with someone who's an international you know, superstar. Mm. You're not dealing with kids on a fr Thursday night saying a nursery rhyme into a microphone to give you a sound check. They're, they're just there and when you mm. see somebody like that and and he was all right with it you know some of these divas i'm sure you've you know without naming oh, seen, names yeah you know, different yeah uh, th th that was that was uh, there was another particular night talking about the bar where we had um the uh, uh, bank called rent party uh local band a uh, jump drive band okay. jackson sloan uh john wilmot um who else was there jackson john um, Lawrence Parry, who's in UB40 now, um, and they were a local jump drive band. I roaded for them back in about '83, and uh, they uh, we put rent party on because Lawrence's dad was not in the best of health at all, and it was a uh, cool right. jumping for John. And uh, they uh, we put this particular night on down there, and I've still got the video footage of it. And Jackson jumped up on the bar, he climbed on the bar at one end. And John Wilmot's behind him on the tenor sax on the tenor saxophone, and Jackson's walking along the bar with the microphone between his legs, and John Wilmot's got the got the what are, and they're walking along the bar just like the madness. But it was it oh, was so brilliant. so the atmosphere was just incredible. It's great. It's yeah, great. Just when you... such a buzz. Yeah, in the moment as well. Yeah, but totally, totally in the as you say, totally in the moment. It yeah. was just. Uh, yeah, you know, it's things like that that I, that I always uh, sort of come back to mind. I see the excitement, mate. As you oh yeah, think about it now. Yeah, that was that was a cracking. Night. So that's the thing as well. See, there there are in the moment musicians and there are permanent musicians. Mm. In as much as in the moment is live, permanent is recorded. Mm. So, uh, have you been part of recording uh, processes or mm, live yes, I've recorded and... a few bands there, but nothing the, apart from doing the the live album we done with the business. Yeah, and that was I've the, got a copy that of that. The, yeah. the, that's the only one I can say that we really it got to mm. it got to be uh, finished. You know, but you would and, know from you know from just from your ears alone 
the, the amount of bands over the years. If you're introduced to a band by a live show and then you go and buy the album, hmm. never sounds... Well, I say that. I, there was one artist I think I could say that about. In, not in every case. Not in every case. That, yeah. that uh, A guy who uh, I still keep an eye on on Facebook and his son's now doing stuff, but uh, he's a guy called uh, Nicky Moore. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nicky, Nicky, Nicky Moore was in yeah. Samson, yeah. Um, Hackensack, Mammoth. Yeah. Yeah, and Nicky was just... The first time I ever saw him, I was doing a, helping PA, helping do a PA with Steve Shep down in Kent. Um, it was a festival, Tunbridge Wells Festival. Right. And we had to go and put this PA up uh, for a stage at the top of the ice street. And uh, Steve had only taken basically what he was told he'd need. He took a little bit extra with him. And we'd done this first little trad jazz band uh, to start off the day. And I looked at Steve and thought, is this what it's going to be like all day? You know, <laughs> it wasn't really our bag <laughs> at all. And uh, anyway, they'd they done that. We done them, and then uh, Nicky Moore turned up, and with his band and the high street started filling up, and filling up. And we ain't got this sort of PA, you know. So we got the rest of the PA out of the van. We got all the flight cases out, and we built the <laughs> PA up so we got it as high as we could to get it over the people's yeah, heads and strapped it. it all together. Okay. And and what should have been a one-hour set finished up. Nicky Moore doing almost two and a quarter hours. Mm. Look, we got a game off. You yeah. know? But, he, but that was the first time I saw him, Great and he music. had the audience. Eating out of his hand, yeah, yeah. he was just stunning. I remember playing uh, would have been Basel Festival probably twenty mm. odd years ago, mm. and he went on. And I say after us, but don't, let, let's not. You know, we're under no illusions here. We, we were just asked to do the one o'clock slot. Yeah, and a Nicky Moore Blues Band was it? N uh, Nicky Moore and the Blues Corporation. And the Blues Corporation went on yeah. afterwards, and I thought I'm going to have a pint and watch this guy. Yeah. It was great. The voice. It's yeah. the voice. I always said it was a voice that stops traffic. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it was. Yeah, wow. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> really, really something. And and like you say, just just in the moment. And yeah. You, because we said about the music being, um, I've talked to a lot of the people like, you know, as I say, Steve Hawke, Phil Burdett and whatever, mm. and the energy of the of the band, they never quite capture it on record. No, no, um, no. And the other way around, like the, the record, they take it live, it just sounds 10 times better. They've got so much more energy because mm. they're, they're kind of focusing on playing it right. I suppose it brings us back to the monitor situation is as a musician, you want to make a bit of noise now and again. You want to get a yeah. bit of energy now and yeah. again. get that feel for the whole thing. That's right. yeah, yeah, there's nothing yeah. worse. I mean, if, if someone were to come and stand next to you while you were doing the desk and said, mm. I want to make notes on everything you do, mm. I'm not to say you wouldn't be able to do it, but you'd feel a little bit more like, well, I won't do that because you won't understand that. Or you just mm. you just don't mm. do it in the same way that you do it when it's just... Well, yeah, it doesn't, you don't need it to get too clinical, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it, that's it, right. It needs to have that, that real edge to it, you know, the, the, the real sound. It's got to, to sound it. live. It's got to sound real. Mm. And the, and I think that the, there is there are so many bands um, that sound so polished that you could see them any night and yeah, you think yeah, same yeah. solos every night same same things written down between songs that they're going to say yeah rather than react apart from the obvious you know they don't say welcome to Milton Keynes if they're in Bolton but it's like yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah every yeah. single night you think of it just write it down and I, and I I always remember thinking when when I first started I I don't want to be that I want to be People come and see us on the particular night. They get a slightly different set to what they had the night before. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. They get that kind of... I mean, you, you'd have been surprised many times over the years. You, you, you might have had a tribute band or you might have had a band down there and you think, didn't expect them to play that. No, that's right. You know, but but you would have had other bands where you think, well, they played, did everything I expected and, and really not a penny more. Just literally just, just mm. you know, mm. 
basically the whole of the wall or something like that just just right the way through and didn't didn't suddenly play wish you were here and wow you know i didn't expect that no. i just think in the moment is so important so yeah, when you yeah. talk to me about people standing on the bar Riga and venues like that and and that encourage that kind of in the yeah, moment just spontaneity yeah, yeah the, performance uh, yeah, yeah performance yeah it's, uh, yeah it's it comes across you know just people say you know I mean, it's like, oh yeah i remember that i remember when tilbrook got up on the bar you know yeah <laughs> and, and all this sort of thing yeah, yeah i remember that and it's like, oh, that night we were down when robin trow walked on stage and everybody's like whoa you know yeah because <laughs> uh, the band the rest of the when when we done the paramounts night the uh the one thing that gary was worried about was that robin was going to come on stage and blow everybody off the stage mm. you know but he turned up with two little um guitar amps like I think they were, they were little Fender guitar amps, only 10 or maybe a 12-inch guitar amps, and he was very, very laid back. Mm. And the whole, it just sounded right. And yeah. Gary said to me at the end of the day, he said it felt mm. right. He said that was the difference, the whole feel of the band. I haven't met fabulous. Robin, but it doesn't surprise me from yeah. what I've heard yeah. about him. He's uh, very, um, there doesn't seem to be anything deaverish about him. There doesn't no, seem to no. be anything no. superstar about him. He's, a, he's appeared on a few things on internet. You know, they call it Rig Rundown, where he talks about the stuff he uses. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've come... If, if no, I haven't come across it. No. It might not interest you, Steve. It's not, but it's, no, just, no. it's just a premier guitar do it. I'm not, I'm not promoting that, by the way. It's just something <laughs> I watch. Um, and, and it's, a, yeah, so they, they talk to people like Robin and they talk to people from the White Stripes or the Darkness. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you use? How do you use it? And stuff like that. Um, I was going to ask you something else about Riga. Now, you, you stopped, uh, you, you changed venues, you moved venues uh, about 2015? 14. 14, 2014. Yeah. Um, and you, you moved it. So how was the new venue in terms of the old one? Did it take a bit of getting used to? Very much so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it never quite had the, the feel, the sound that uh, that we had at the at the, at the cricketers at the Riga. It was just, uh, it was a means to an end. Um, it wasn't. I wasn't in a position to be able to walk away from it mm -hmm. when it sort of finished up at the cricketers. Okay. So I had to carry it on for a little bit longer, just to finalise things. And you know, maybe you have to know as well. Maybe you've got to know that you know because I think you captured lightning in a bottle at that particular place with the setup you had and what you had. But maybe, you... yeah, it just didn't. You know, I, it, it was just you know, crew and. The people who were helping me at that time, they did, I don't think they quite felt that it was mm. the place to be uh, in respects of the room. And uh, it just didn't quite work out. And then it changed to back to, from O'Neill's back to the Dickens. Yep. And um, it sort of, I just decided, you know. This, you don't feel the same way about it. I don't feel it. the same way no, about it anymore. Enough. And, uh, you know. And you're looking to, and it, and it takes up so much of your time yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, and, and as you said to me before, off off air, you said that you you worked all the way through the pandemic. You were you were really really busy with your job you were mm. doing, um, and maybe you're not in a position necessarily. Everybody kind of pressed the reset button when this happened. Yeah, and yeah. when you're sitting there, you're thinking, do I really want to go back to that schedule? Do I really want to? You know, is it something mm. when it doesn't feel when you don't feel the same about it? Because that's I'm, it. Yeah, I'm yeah. the same, mate. I, I I sat here and I thought, do I really want to be travelling to Bolton? Do I really want to be travelling to Birmingham? I don't think I do. No. I've no. had 18 months to think about it. About and think, this, yeah. I can do you know, something else. There's there's other avenues. That's right. You know. You got I anything just... that you're thinking about doing? Your any any boxes mm. you haven't ticked yet? No, I'm, I'm trying to 
I'm trying to buy the freehold on my flat. <laughs> that's, uh, that's easier said than done, yeah, I tell I'm you. sure. Long before other people trying to uh, sort out all the legalities of that. But it's uh, it's slowly moving forward. Music, uh, so music-wise, any, anything left on a bucket list that you want to do? Mm, I, I, I still want to get back on doing the Caroline thing. That's that's for sure. I really do would like to get back on doing that again. Okay. Getting involved with that again. You know, back doing the show. Probably be on Caroline Flashback. Um, but um, the uh, yeah, I'm hoping you know I can get uh, get everything together and uh, and go forward with that. Yeah, and maybe to try and get over my flying problem and maybe get a holiday next year, which would be yeah, nice. Yeah, well, that'd be if, nice, if, wouldn't it? If we all come out of the other side of the pandemic okay, you know, and it's which I feel still still there at the moment. Nobody really know. knows. What's... Nobody really know, quite knows where we're no. going with that at the moment. No, and, think, and, yeah. you know, I'm even... still very cautious. Oh, everyone yeah. is. Certainly yeah. with the environment that I work in for my day day job, I'm, yeah. I'm very, very cautious. You've got a, to, everyone's got to be yeah. careful. You know. And... Um, Apart from anything else, we, we don't know what's going to happen. So what what happens with that is a lot of the venues, a lot of the places, mm. saying we'll book you, but you know don't, we don't know what's going to happen. So nothing is set in stone right. anymore. Yeah. Okay. This is a business where we're lucky enough. My dad was a floor layer, carpet fitter, mm. and he didn't know until the phone rang on Monday morning what he was doing that week. Whereas I'm looking at next November, December, and I've got you know I've got my gigs booked in. And I'm thinking, yeah. well, they, and then all of a sudden this hits, and you think they might not happen. That's the first time in all of these years that I'm yeah. suddenly thinking I'm, that might not be here when I come mm. back and for right. me I had one job interview when I was 17 can you play Johnny Be Good and I said yes and I mm. played it and they said you got the job and then I've had a guitar on my back for the last 30 years yeah 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 yeah. and all of a sudden I'm thinking right well I can't do anything else apart from music this is this is I mean I'm not I'm not useless but you know what I mean yeah 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 music's yeah. so important if it isn't music it's not me mm. it's not no, you know, and in you know I Music was always a thing with me, but my dad pushed me into an electrical apprenticeship. You know, when I left school, and, uh, but that's been useful. Because oh, very. It's kept me. It's kept me. Kept Saved me going your fortune for... on leads over the years. Oh yeah, I like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of the stuff that I've done through the music thing is all I've been able to do it because I've been able to do it myself instead of getting somebody to do it for yeah. me. You know, which you know I wouldn't have been able to have gone down that avenue had I not been able to do a lot of the things myself due mm. to my knowledge and my electrical knowledge. Yeah, it's always useful. Yeah. I'm not so I'm not so hot and stuff like that. I'm, I wish I was. I wish I knew more. It's like I talk to people about guitars and I say, I've got this, I've got that. And I don't understand it. I just know it's white and I can do this with it. Mm. And it's it's I just don't research it. But when I talk to you, see people like yourself and you, and um, the the gear that you've used and the stuff. So analog or digital, Steve? Analog. Analog. Even though I've got a digital desk now, I in hindsight, I think I wish I'd kept my analog stuff. Yeah, I think it's for my age and my years. I think the analog, um, so much simpler to use, um, and you get you turn a pot and you get an immediate reaction. Yeah, it's digital. You've got to push that to do this to get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just. I, it drives me nuts sometimes. Floor sometimes bells. it all falls into place. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And other times I'm scratching my head. How no. did I get that? You know, Whereas, are the same, mate. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think it's all just an age thing. You know, it's I wasn't brought up in a in a digital no, age. I was brought up in a more an analog um, premium premier analog. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know, you know how to how to get the best out of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, that's what you start in on. That's what you. Mm. That's what you do. As I said, it's like the stomp pedals. Most of the people that that the solid professionals, it's always stomp pedals. These mm. multi-effects units, when you have got to get into that, and press this to get it. And mm. they just want to turn. Need a bit more chorus. Turn that. Mm. Need a bit more overdrive. Turn that. It's mm. So so. Anyone who can get his head around that is something like Jerry out of B sharp. You know. Oh yeah. Still <laughs> B sharp still going. Still. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. There was actually a thing up on Facebook the other week um, because they've just sorted out their Facebook and their website. Uh, I think they've possibly got some gigs coming up around this time they've of year. They've been on the scene for a while. Yeah, Jerry and, uh, and Bob have. Yeah, yeah. they're both still. Because uh... I know the, the, the legends like the <coughs> people like the hamsters and stuff. I mean, they <coughs> they they retired two thousand and thirteen. You must have had them. Yeah, twenty twelve actually. They retired. Twenty twelve. Yeah. You must have worked with them what fifty times. Oh well, well Barry was in Black Gold. Right. Okay. Slim was actually in Black Gold. Okay, so he was and, doing. Uh, so I knew him then, and I knew Alan and Andy. Um, from when I used to DJ at Chivago's because they both used to be in Whiskey Mac. Right, so... <laughs> they were the cabaret, they were the, they were the, the house band at Chivago's, which was the Mecca Club up on the top of the precinct. Mm -hmm. It's up in the uh, Chartwell Square precinct okay, years ago. Okay, so they were... So I knew them then, and Andy Billups uh, depped in on guitar um, a few times. He used to work on Honky Tonk Music. Right. Which used to be down... Uh, yeah, I know that, yeah. What well, used to be just over the road here in Hadley. Right. Um, you know, um, you come up past... What's the car? Um, the tyre place. Um, yeah, I know what you know mean. What you mean. Know what I mean? Yeah. Go past yeah. the tyre place coming this way. National tyres. National tyres. Yeah. It's about two doors past National tyres. There's a car, which looks like a carport now, where you drive in. Yeah. And it's got cars. Well, that was actually Honky Tonk Music. Was it really? That's where they were. And then they moved to the big shop down in South Church Road. South Church Road, yeah. That's that's the one I remember. <coughs> that's Yeah, that's the one I remember. Because Andy used to work in there. Right. And just a bit further down um, towards Canvey Road, there was uh, Honky Tonk Music. Uh, there was, sorry, there was Honky Tonk Music there, and there was um, Tim Gentles. Tim, Tim Gentle Music. Because uh, Andy used to work there, and Dave Bronze used to work there. <laughs> I didn't realise that Tim Gentle was actually a person. Yeah, yeah, Tim I Gentle did, Music. Yeah, I, I don't know why I didn't know that, but I just, I didn't know, I, I thought it was just like an old company, I didn't realise, and I was, uh, suddenly had a, a friend. He had a band like, back in the day called Tim Gentle and the Gentleman. Brilliant. <laughs> Tim, I'm really sorry, I, I just, one of those things that never registered me, I suddenly thought, oh God, yeah, it's a real, because I've been yeah. in all of a monkey business in Robin. Yeah, yeah, Robin, yeah. And, and uh, obviously PMT in Southend, that was a little one at one point wasn't it just along the road tiny little shop the professional oh yeah 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 great big place now but that was a little well, no, they, they've actually uh, terry and simon actually sold up did they uh, really they've sold the business yeah they had 11 shops when they finally finished goodness man um they retired and sold the business and i think they got out of that six months before the pandemic hit goodness me <laughs> i bet the company who bought that must have been absolutely spitting feathers <laughs> but uh it was all signed sealed delivered and done it was gone you know and uh but right. uh so were they. they yeah. Were right oh, yeah. Yeah, they'd done... Well, I knew Terry um, when he was the general oppo and dog's body for Johnny Clark. Right. Uh, so. used to be the compare and everything at the King's Club on Canby. Yeah. That's right. when I first met Terry when we, I used to work over there with Wendy, Wendy Roberts' band. Blimey. Doing the cabaret. Doing the cabaret shows. Yeah, because you worked with Wendy Roberts, didn't you? I've done shows with him. I helped him out with a PA and everything and all the rest of it, doing uh, gigs over there. And that was and, uh, like the obvious, obvious venues: the Double Six, the um, Castle Main. Yeah, Castle like Main, yeah, and all stuff. that. Yeah, yeah. And then, because somebody asked me about Wendy Roberts, and I thought, well, 
as soon as she came into the conversation, I, I want to try and have a chat with her if I can, but I don't know. She's, I know, I know Wendy did uh, Karen Carpenter for a few years, and I don't know. If oh, Wendy, you, I think Wendy would love to have a, do something like this. I think well, she'd find it really interesting. I'd love to, but I mean, I, I, I kind of, you know, it, for, for me, it's just about saying thanks for what you did and thanks mm. for paving the way because you gave us so many opportunities, Steve. And, I, and I'll mm. tell you, I never, never got the opportunity because I just see you at the, sh- at the shows. But you gave us the opportunity to play there as a covers band. You gave us the opportunity to perform with our own stuff on the open mic nights or yeah, on the yeah. showcases. Yeah. You gave us the opportunity to support people like Glenn Tilbrook and the Jam. And yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah uh, that's right. Yeah, sadly, yeah. we lost John about three or four years ago from the Jam. Um, John Southern, I think it was. But I'm still in touch oh, with right. Ray, yeah, who yeah. was the bass player. Mm. Um, and, and he said he was doing an interview, but he lives up in Scotland, so I said it has to be online. Mm. But I didn't want to do your lesson on your... your um, chat online I wanted to see you in person that's why it took a while to get round with it mm. because I wanted to make sure but yeah thank you for the the opportunities you gave us to well, play you're very welcome it's, always, it's been uh, um, it's been something you know as I said before it's been a passion in my life and you know and I see good musicians coming through and I try to encourage and help and do what we do you know it's what I, what I enjoy it's <laughs> the best thing about it I think from my point of view as well is, is I get to work with people and then they'll, they'll, they'll send me the album it's how I've written an album and thanks for, for what you did and it, mm. it's not that I want thanks it's just that it's nice that you sort of go no I would have done it anyway mm. uh, you know if I saw somebody who give somebody an opportunity you had a platform there that people were talking about people were saying you want to play Riga and you used it I think in every single conceivable way it was so many people played there I mean, if you had a who's who of people in the music industry, I just imagine most of them have performed there in some form or another. Yeah, people... Um, well, you go back to the... Um, I'll show you a poster in a little while, but it goes back to before the Riga, when um, the club was actually run by Fred Spring Senior back in the 60s and early okay. 70s, and it was actually called the Fickle Pickle Club. Fickle Pickle. And they used to put live bands on down there. And Status Quo played there. And David Bowie played there. Wow. <laughs> and uh, he played there as part of another band. Um, and he, sorry, Status Quo played there because um, Paul Shuttleworth's band, oh, what was the name? It was a, okay, I've got the name. I'll show you it in a minute. I'll get, get it off my phone. But the, uh, there was a band that they'd put together with, um, there was Paul, Barry Vernyard, uh, Vic Collins and I can't remember the, the drummer's name, but they they done the support for Status Quo. <laughs> oh, okay. At the uh, at the cricketers. Was it Skin? Was it? No, no, it wasn't that. No, no. no. They were. Um, oh, it's... you'll message message me later. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. It'll come. <laughs> it'll come to me. You know, you sort of look. Can't, it's actually a testament to the amount of people that you've worked with over the years. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That yeah. you've got so much. Uh, so much knowledge and so you know so so many friends in the business as well, but so many associates as well. And yeah. When you're trying to think back to these bands, it's uh, you're thinking, and 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 the fact that so many of these bands are always chopping and changing. Yeah. Because somebody yeah. like Bronzy, we chatted about Dave Bronze beforehand. How he was in um, he was in Skint and he ended up in Glider. Um, he's worked with everybody, Andy Fairweatherlow, name it. He's worked with them all. Mm. But the amount of times that he keeps cropping up with people I'm chatting to. He was with Bob Mundy in uh, Mould and Bitter and then yeah, Boomers. Yeah. Um, and he appears yeah. on different albums. And I think you said just beforehand, we were chatting off air, that uh, there's a rumour that he played the bass on... Um, yeah, 
or relax, yeah. Relax, yeah. Yeah, as yeah. A... The, uh, that band was cool, that they supported, say, Paul Shuttleworth out of the Curzels, and yeah. they had a band, um, they supported Status Quo, they were called Surly Bird. Right, okay. And uh, they, um, yeah, they would say there was, uh, what's the name of it? The band that David Bowie was with was a band called Aquila. Oh, okay. And uh, they were auditioning down there, doing, doing a show down there, and... Uh, and with a special, it says with special guest David Bowie. Special guest. Yeah, David <laughs> Bowie. Yeah. You don't you don't think about these people, do you? As, as that's where you know, plus special guest David Bowie. You think about what they became. Oh yeah. But yeah, this is yeah. what 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 fascinates me about this is that the screaming Abdabs became, um, you know, uh, West Yazoo, Yazoo and yeah, Addison yeah. Moye and. And there's a band called the Gentry became Spandau Ballet, and there were two Spandau Ballets at yeah, that time. Yeah, Little yeah. things like that. And you think, so before mm. they were what they became, mm. they were the same as me and everybody else going out there every Friday night trying to build up a following in a pub, mm. trying to you know trying to do that. And I think that's where music has changed a lot. I don't know whether you agree or not, but where music used to be that a record company would sign someone and invest a load of money in them now. Mm. It seems to be now that you do all the donkey work and then the record company comes to you. In the case of the Hamsters... Mm. They they were just the hardest working band. They in the were country the hardest the working band. Yeah, yeah. Sitting um, up all night, sending out the the envelopes of envelope. the gig lists and stuff That's like it. that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm dying to get an interview with with Barry because he epitomises mm -hmm. this crazy job that I've done for years. Mm. And he did it before the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was landlines and and letters. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And you know that that's the thing. But it seems to me that the the, the bands now that work so hard, the record companies think oh, that's worth investing in. Rather mm. than them saying we can, we'll take this product and we'll we'll push it to the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose you you would have seen both sides of that. You would have seen seen some bands that you're thinking, what sort of fuss about? You don't, don't name yeah. names, but you <laughs> you don't have to name I'll names. I'll be honest Steve. with you. I'll be, I'll be, the, just to, to, to cap this one, we had a yeah. Like, obviously, like you got the Oasis thing with the tribute thing, yeah. and we had a we had a tribute band um, turn up. It was uh, uh, it's a tribute to Eric Clapton. Some guy from Burnham area who put this Clapton tribute together, and we booked um, a Wishbone Ash tribute called um, Ashbone You Wish. Ashbone You Wish. And they were absolutely stunning. The bass yeah. player actually went in to stand. Done on two occasions, he actually stood in for the bass player in the actual Wishbone Ash because he was off ill, and they asked him, asked this guy if he would because he was stunning playing. Yeah, I, I saw him. Amazing. I saw him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. They we had this picture the night, and me and little Steve are in in there. And the sound check was okay for the for the headline and what have you, and uh, the place was absolutely mobbed. The advertising and the promotion by the band were absolutely knockout. Mm. And Ashbone, you wish had done the support, and everybody absolutely loved it, really good. And then the headline band came on, and they opened up with Layla, and they got a quarter of the way in. To Layla stopped and said, "I think we'll come back to the, that later." And me and Steve were going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> and the people were walking out into the pub in droves. <laughs> Thankfully, oh. nobody asked for their money back. <laughs> it was uh, yeah. it left a little bit to be desired. Learn a valuable lesson. <laughs> Learn a very valuable lesson. Yeah, yeah. It's so, not all in the PR. It's got to be some of the playing as well. You know. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing as well. The amount of places because. Um, without wishing to give the game away, when we played Riga, we were always a door split. Mm. And unlike a lot of the places that we've played, and I won't name them, once you're on a door split, 
the people think well, we've got nothing to lose. We'll just put a little poster on the door and whatever. Yeah, but Regan no, are always, always giving it a push. Always right. giving the stuff a push. Which, yeah. And that doesn't come from necessarily all business. It comes from passion. It comes yeah. from caring about music and wanting to get the most people to mm. enjoy the product right. that, that you're yeah. sending out there. Yeah. But the amount of places that... I mean, I remember playing Blackpool, and I won't tell you the name of it, but we, we drove all the way to Blackpool, Oasis Tribute, um, door split, and there was a chalk... Chalk on the door on a, on a chalkboard. Tonight, Oasis tribute, and we'd driven all the way, paid for a hotel and everything. Of course, there's no posters, no, because they they're thinking, well, I don't want to invest in this. It, we've got nothing to lose. If they come all this way, they're, they're running all the risks. But Regal weren't like that. No. You know, you you always no. promoted it. You always we always tried our best to promote it where we could. You know. Yeah, that's why it was the best so. one, the best place for us to play. We loved it, and uh, and to be part of that circuit. And to meet people like yourself, and to finally get to chat to you like this, yeah. informally, yes. and to talk about yeah. your career—I don't think we've even scratched the surface, Steve. But Probably not. But it's pro- it's I'm been, sure you've got stuff good. to do. We'll have yeah, to do it yeah. again in a few months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be um, good. We'd love to. Proudest moment, squeeze, or you got? Have you got any? Yeah, else? squeeze. Probably uh, the Paramounts uh, was a real, a real moment for me. Um, say squeeze and uh, Nazareth, and uh, you know, the the big, the big names. But there's been, there's been some really. You know, memorable times we've had down there, which I should, you know, I'll always, they'll always be in the back of my mind. You know, Good. For over the over the years, you know. And you earned it, and you yeah. and all the hard work you put in, you were accepted by bands like Squeeze and by Nazareth. They, mm. they discovered that yeah. this is a place yeah. you want to play, and that's a, a massive compliment to yourselves and everybody that was behind the scenes. That the bands were coming, you know, mm. weren't, weren't just kids saying give us a platform. It was the coming in from the other side. We need someone to run our game. We need to run our game before our tour. Can we play for you? You always look after us. Yeah, you know. So mm. yeah. I always remember one night, uh, Nicky Moore was playing the club, and I always struggled to get an audience up for him, even though he was like. Fabulous in my yeah, eyes. Brilliant and musician. And, uh, and he came on stage, he said, you know what, he said, we've been playing here for about the last four years. He said, and I don't think we've ever really filled it up. He said, but there's a real buzz in this place that I like. <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing? You all right? Here we go. Bollock. And straight it was it. straight in. It was just, you know, everybody sort of, yeah, here we go. You know, it's superb. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was. And, it's, mm. and it is sorely missed. And even though at the yeah. moment it would take up so much of your time and maybe it wouldn't, wouldn't, would feel the same way about it. Yeah. Um, it must. It was a great experience to be part of that. Um, Thank you. And of course, I wish you all the all the luck in the world with whatever Cheers. you choose to do from there. And, and I really do hope our paths cross again, Steve, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I wish right. you well with Caroline. I shall listen out for you. If yeah, you're doing, yeah. Hopefully that will start that. happening next year. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, that was. I'm going to bid you a fond farewell. But listen, thanks for listening in. Um, don't forget um, every Friday night, Friday evening at five o'clock. Six o'clock, as a matter of fact, the final curtain call. Legendary grassroots music remembered. Thanks to Steve Catamole, Riga Steve, for his time today. Don't forget to tune in every single night for a different road story. They happen at five o'clock. Um, www.innovationstudios.com if you want to find out a little bit more about the studio and our workshops and all of that showbiz stuff that all goes on here. Thanks for listening and thanks for your subscriptions. Thanks for your emails. Um, carry on listening and doing what you do. Stay safe, have a great weekend, and I'll be back next week. Signing off, yours in music. Bye-bye for now. Bye.